0: Our scripture reading this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, the verses 1 through 14, of which the verses 12 through 14 form the text for this morning. And just as a reminder, it'll be good to keep your Bibles open to the letter to the Colossians as we'll make Several references to other parts as well. Colossians chapter 3, this is the word of the Lord. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And here begins the text. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another another. Even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So far. And after the sermon, we will sing hymn 48, the stanzas. 2 and 3. The theme for the sermon is, since we are in union with Christ, we are to put on the clothes He gives us to wear. Dear brothers and sisters, in our Lord Jesus Christ, how would you characterize your life as a child of God? What should be your focus, your perspective? Where do you find the resources to live as a human being on this planet called Earth? Paul's letter to the Colossians begins by telling us that the resources to live here and now on this earth. Do not come from within us, within our own being, or anything on this earth, but from above, where Christ is. In chapter 1, verse 17, Paul states emphatically that the Lord Jesus is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And since we are brought in union with Christ by His death and resurrection, our whole life is changed and transformed by Him. He died for our sins and was raised from the dead for our justification. And when Christ came forth from the grave, we were raised with Him to the newness of life by faith. We are grafted into him. And his perfect righteousness and holiness are imputed, that is, transferred to us. An e-transfer, an extraterrestrial transfer is made from heaven to earth so that the debt we owe because of our sins is paid in full by Christ. And Paul speaks of this in chapter 2, verse 14. So what marks us as Christians is that we are in Christ. Christ is our life. Our whole being is hidden with Christ in God. We read that in chapter 3, verse 3. We're wrapped into His embrace. So that when the Father sees us, he sees his son and since Christ is our life does it surprise you that the Apostle encourages you to seek the things that are above where Christ is why set your hearts and minds on anything else but on him who saved you redeemed your life changed your status before God prays with you and for you, and is preparing a place for you in heaven. Now, all of this can still sound a bit abstract to us. But what does it look like in everyday life? Obviously, to set our hearts and minds on the things above where Christ is does not have us living with our heads in the clouds as spiritual dreamers. Now, the first thing it means is this. We will have a changed attitude toward the exhortations of Scripture. The more we come to understand our new identity in Christ, and those who are united with Him, our response to the exhortations of Scripture will be different. We will not balk at what we are told, twist or resist or follow the stipulations of Scripture with legalistic rigor. Instead, our response to the exhortations of Scripture will be, of course, there can be no other way to live the Christian life for those who seek the things that are above. And so it is here as well. Since we no longer have the old identity we once had, it would be inconsistent to live the old way we once did. And that is why we are to put to death whatever is part of the old way of life. And secondly, since we have received a new identity in Christ, we are eager to clothe ourselves with what is consistent with the persons we really are. When we set our hearts and minds on the things above, the focus of life becomes modeling and reflecting Christ. We demonstrate what it looks like to be clothed with Jesus. We follow His fashion and His design. And we realize, of course, that Paul isn't talking about the clothing we wear wear on our bodies, but the clothing of the inner person, of Christian character. And he uses the analogy of clothing to lock this in the hearts and minds of his readers. Clothes are an important part of our everyday life. They express our character and say something about what is inside us. Clothes can, res- can portray respect for others. They express rebellion, neatness, nonchalance, and consideration, and can reflect our moods. Well, you and I are privileged to put on and wear what Christ has purchased for us. And that should have a huge impact on everything. Our attitude, our behavior, our disposition, our opinions, and our moods. Now we have to understand in reflecting Christ, Jesus is nothing like us. He is clothed with glory and majesty, dominion and power. He is sinless, whereas our lives are tainted with sin and transgression. He is faithful and true and loyal. But who are we? Modeling Christ means taking our stand against sin and all its destructive forces. We shed all those things that do not reflect what we have in the Lord Jesus fornication or sexual immorality, impurity, self-gratification and greed put dirt on our garments and so do anger and rage and malice and slander. And we shouldn't allow that to happen because our clothes are expensive. They were paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ so anything that does not enrich our relationship and does not fit with our identity with Christ needs to be removed, discarded, and replaced because such clothes make us look ugly and unattractive. And when we model Christ and truly set our, thing, our hearts and minds on Him, there is no question as to what should happen to the filthy clothes of the old lifestyle they are to be removed so being in Christ we actively put off the characteristics of the old life and Paul in this passage sees them as three layers of clothing undergarments everyday clothes and an outer cloth and outer clothing The first layer concerns dimensions of the old lifestyle which belong to the secret and private life of the mind, the undergarments. The sinful patterns closest to our skin come off, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness which is idolatry. And we shed these clothes because the old life distorts what God made beautiful so that we demand, we lust, we idolize, we sexualize, giving what pleases us and gratifies our desires a place in our hearts and minds that God never intended And when we are serious about removing these clothes, we become more specific in our repentance and confession of the sins that are so close to our skin. We realize it is not enough to say, Oh Lord, help me overcome sin. No, instead we say, Oh Father, help me to overcome sexual sins of the mind and of the heart. That lead me to sin against you. Remove impure passions, evil desires, and that covetousness that often drives me to think wrong thoughts about others and sets up as idols the people and the things I so badly want as part of my life, but don't belong to me. But there is more that is to be removed. The second layer of everyday clothes. We are to rid ourselves of anger and wrath, which includes exasperation and irritation and impatience. We are to remove malice, that is the desire to harm someone else with our words or our actions. We are to remove slander, and filthy talk from our mouths. We are to remove the attitudes and speech which destroy the character and reputation of another. Impure vocabulary is never to be condoned as a way of being real because it isn't consistent with our identity and life in Christ. Only when we make progress in mastering our tongues will we start growing immaturity. And the third layer of clothing to be removed involves our fellowship with one another. Our relationships are to be marked by honesty. Do not lie to one another, Paul says. And if they are marked by honesty, we will grow together into a transformed community the community the church is called to be we are now a new family in Christ let's remember who we are think about those who are part of the same Christian fellowship to which you belong the same Lord Jesus In whom my life is hidden, indwells all my brothers and sisters that profess Christ. And when I become convinced of this, I will shed all talk that will have a negative impact on others. But Paul does not end the discussion by telling the Colossians what clothes they need to remove. He goes on to talk about what they need to put on. And as he does, he addresses his readers with the most stunning and vibrant words. Words that should cause our jaws to drop in amazement. Before he tells his readers what to wear, he calls them the elect of God, chosen, holy, dearly loved, put on then he says as God's elect holy and beloved do you get what the apostle is doing here he's taking three terms that were used in the old testament to describe Israel as the people of God and now applies them to the new testament church to a local gathering of believers the gospel has transformed and radically reformed his thinking in every dimension so that he recognizes the church as the continuation of what God was doing in Israel in the Old Testament. God has moved things one step further in his redemptive plan by gathering to himself from Jews and Greeks and barbarians, and Scythians, and slaves, and free people, a people of his own. So the incentive for wearing the clothes that suit the life of one who is in Christ is that we are chosen by God. We are holy and loved. And that's immensely comforting, isn't it? All of us together have been chosen in Christ to be in a special relationship with God. You are God's chosen ones. You are not mere mannequins set up to display clothes. You are loved of God. The Lord has placed you in the mainstream of society not to be identical but distinct. So why would you want to put on the old clothes of your old lifestyle when your union with Christ allows you to display to others what it looks like to be in Christ? You entered life dearly loved by the creator of the universe. He is for you and not against you. God shows his love for you in that while you were still sinners, Christ died for you so that he might supply you with the garments of salvation, white and pure. And you need to savor this all the days of your life from your youth to your old age. For this is what gives you joy and hope. This is the heartbeat of your life as people of God in all your interactions together. And if you are not convicted of the truth that you and those sitting with you in this building are chosen and dearly loved of God, you may put on the clothes that come with being in Christ but you will do so half-heartedly. So how does a chosen, holy, dearly loved Christian dress? What do you wear? Is that your choice? No, it's not. Jesus lays out the clothes we need to wear, and he says, here, wear these. Put these on. But look at what he gives us to wear. Beautiful designer clothes of the highest quality. And they label you as dearly loved of God. It's a good thing that the Lord Jesus tells us what we need to clothe ourselves with. Because we don't have much dress sense. What we are to wear exemplifies the character of God and the life and the ministry of Christ. The Apostle Paul says we are to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then he continues by telling us to bear with one another, to forgive whatever grievances you have against one another, to forgive as the Lord forgave you, and then over all these virtues to put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Brothers and sisters, these are your clothes. It's clear from what Paul writes that being chosen and loved by God affects our hearts and outward disposition. Clothe yourself with compassion in your innermost being. And the outward manifestation of that compassion will be kindness. If your life is rooted and built in Christ and His righteousness, you will have a compassionate heart. Compassion is an emotional sympathy for others that grips and touches you deep in your hearts. Well, let's pray that this kind of compassion is characteristic of our life as Church of Christ, so that what people find expressed among us is the love of the father towards his prodigal son in Luke 15. He saw his wayward son coming up the road, and because his heart was filled with compassion, he ran and embraced him. And is that not how it ought to be in the Christian church? When individuals come to repentance, they should be met with compassion because this is part of the clothes we wear. And furthermore, those who put on the clothing Christ has laid out for them will treat each other with kindness. Kindness is a relational word. You can only show kindness to someone. Those who are kind have a tremendous sense of caring and eagerness to help others like a nurse taking care of her patients. It is a spirit imparted goodness of heart. It is the fruit of the spirit. Clothing yourself with kindness means you will think about others and not be focused on yourselves or your problems. A heart of compassion manifests itself in deeds of kindness As you comfort the sorrowing, visit the sick or aged, befriend the lonely, lend a helping hand to the troubled. But there is more to wear. We are to dress ourselves with humility and gentleness. And once again, the inner determines the outer. The outer, the humble attitude of the heart results in a a gentleness that puts the interests of others above our own. And gentleness means that we are quietly sensitive and do not push ourselves to the foreground. We are careful to think before we speak. Isn't the Lord Jesus who we are to mirror and reflect, clothed with such humility and gentleness? It was not below his dignity to wash his disciples' feet or to take on our human nature. Humility is the willingness to serve others and to perform what others think is beneath them. And note well, humility is not the same as servitude or catering to the demands of others. Humility is the response of individuals who have come to grips with themselves we will find it very difficult to be humble if we have not come to grips with our with our identity in Christ and what our status is within the family of believers those who put on humility are not full of themselves of their knowledge of their abilities of their achievements or all the things that their kids are doing? Paul writes in First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7: words that we need to have written on our hearts and on the walls of our homes. What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast? as if you did not receive it. Well, let that be the way we approach the study of Scripture when we do that together. Let each of us come and when we come, let us approach Scripture with humility and an eagerness to learn. We're not present to show off our knowledge. Nothing of what we say will benefit others if it is not clear that we apply these things to our own hearts. And when we are clothed with such humility, it will always be a benefit to others. And furthermore, we are to clothe ourselves with forbearance or patience, waiting for the Lord and for the guidance of His Spirit. Clothed with Christ and mirroring His love We are to bear with one another, being willing to stick with others through the good times, but also those times when things are not going that well. And the things that Paul speaks about are woven together as part of the same garment and fabric. If you remove one thread, you've messed with them all if you cannot be patient or forgiving or compassionate or kindness or show kindness, the whole works will begin to unravel as loose threads. And what keeps things together is love. Love is selfless and puts the interests of others first. Love binds the garment together. And when your heart extends with love for Christ and then for others, everything will be bound together in perfect harmony and unity. When we can bear with one another, will we not have an attitude and spirit of forgiveness? Paul informs us of the level of forgiveness with which we must clothe ourselves He says, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. That's a high standard, isn't it? But so necessary. If I refuse to forgive my brother and sister in Christ and do not have an attitude of forgiveness, guess what has happened? I exaggerated their offense against me. And I have minimized my offense against God. What was the Lord's forgiveness like? First, he desired to forgive. He didn't forgive us because he was forced into it. He desires that the relationship be restored. And when that kind of love fills our hearts, we will want to forgive in the way Christ forgave us and secondly Jesus forgives permanently. Jesus does not remind us of the sins we have been forgiven of the moment we do something wrong again. That attitude of forgiveness needs to be part of the fabric of your and my life if we are to reflect Christ and why the emphasis on forgiving, patience, and bearing with one another? Well, if we are going to have peace in our homes and unity in the church, and if we are going to enjoy each other rather than merely tolerate and put up with each other, we will need to keep forgiveness and patience and bearing with one another In the foreground. Yes, there's going to be conflict as long as we live in this sinful world. But when we can be patient and forgive, affections will grow and flourish where, humanly speaking, we didn't think this would be possible. And all these are bound together perfectly. That is the way they are supposed to be through love. Love is the blessed tie that binds the virtues of humility, forgiveness, compassion, etc. together. Love acts like a belt that holds other garments in place. How will we ever be able to continue in love? It's one thing to love a person you really like that shares your opinions and your interests. But now, think of your least favorite person. Thought might be rather unpleasant. And to love that person will call for an extreme makeover. But that is how you display that you are in union with Christ, doesn't it? You need to put on display your love for the Lord Jesus and for each other by getting rid of all that distracts you from looking to him. Let your home and this church be a symphony of love where the dissonance of contention has no place. not uncommon for a woman to ask her husband so how do I look and it is also not uncommon that he will reply by telling her you look great without looking up from what he is doing and the woman in turn unsatisfied with his response will press the point and will say no seriously I need to know Well, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to ask repeatedly, how do I look? We need to ask that of each other as we reflect on what the Lord calls us to wear. The gospel of grace that has been preached to us must now be illustrated by the beautiful, attractive, colorful hues and shades of the gospel. Those who see us must see the gospel on display. Life is about helping each other serve the Lord. It's about helping each other get dressed. As people grow older, they will often need help with getting dressed physically. Well, as people of God, we need to be committed to helping each other get dressed spiritually. Wear the virtues of forgiveness, compassion, humility, and let the blessed tie of love give you the perfect and complete look. And when you mirror Christ and reflect Him as your new identity, you will always be most attractive. Amen.